0: Welcome back to Star Wars Meanderings and Ramblings. Um, you can find me at, oh, I'm your host, obviously, Kiri Mohan. You can find me at, um, the virtual Jedi on Instagram. Another option would be my blog at starwarsanon.wordpress.com. And obviously here on the podcast, for all major players, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever. Today, I'm excited about this episode. We have an old friend, John, who is on, and oh. he has been my friend since high school. High school. Junior yeah. high. Junior high? Were we friends junior in junior high, though?
1: Yeah. Well, okay. No, I don't
0: think we were. I don't think we were. I think we went to the same junior high, but I don't think we were friends until high school.
1: Ouch. All right. Fine.
0: <laughs> so, John is here. and We're going to talk about The Last Jedi. And if you know me, you know I detest The Last Jedi. I really disliked it. Um and John is here because he really liked it. So what it we're going to do is we're going to talk about this chronologically uh and talk about the what happened in the movie and then you know what before we start with that John tell me why you liked The Last Jedi.
1: I liked The Last Jedi because I like especially in like a franchise movie um something that takes risks and this movie took risks. Um, I thought the script was great and um, it had a lot of really strong themes and motifs that um, I think did well, certainly compared to many of the other star Wars movies uh, of the kind of newer era.
0: And you think that is better than a lot of the prequels, right? I,
1: I, I like this movie more than all of the prequels combined.
0: Oh boy. Like okay, just, okay that I mean we can we can agree to disagree, sure on that and the rest of the whole podcast <laughs> um,
1: but let's, I'm, not, okay. I'm not so much here to like you know convince you to see it my way, no. but i th- I think that yeah, I think it it deserves a little uh you know a little love and and I'm
0: glad that we're having this discussion because I think a lot of the internet and Star Wars fans on the internet can get really riled and really heated, and at the end of the day, they're just movies right? They're just <laughs> movies. And I know, says me, who's had a blog and this podcast and you see my little Grogu in the back, like I get it. Like I'm a, I'm obsessed with it. And you've obviously been to my annual Star Wars party. Sure so it's have. like, I, I love it, love it, love it. But at the end of the day, they're just movies. So I think it's healthy to talk about like, these discussions and be like, okay, we're just going to agree to disagree for the next however many minutes.
1: I just but, want to point out that you are opening with their just movies. Like of the, <laughs> I thought there's a good chance that I'm going to have to say that at some point. But I love that you're doing it. Awesome.
0: No, I mean, I do <laughs> do have a tattoo as well. Hmm. Have you ever seen my wedding band? That is that has the Rebel Alliance on it. Have you ever seen that? I oh. got a custom made.
1: You have a. <laughs> no. You have a. You have a Star Wars wedding band?
0: Yes. So it wasn't the original one. Like, when you came to my wedding, that wasn't the one that was given in the wedding ceremony. But then we made it, like, I think for my eight-year anniversary, our eight-year anniversary, Mike made me this, like, wedding band with the Rebel Alliance insignia on
1: them. Mike is a good man.
0: Well, <laughs> it was more like, Mike, I really want this for a, an anniversary gift. And he's like, I have no idea how to do that and make a custom ring. So why don't you go figure it out? And then that'll be your gift. And I'm like, yes, right. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um but yes they're just movies in my life <laughs> yeah. okay so let's start at the beginning of the last Jedi I also just watched this a few weeks ago so I wanted to be prepared to, and um I did not change my feelings on it at all I still dislike it um but there were parts of it that I was like "Ah, eh, you know what if I take it out of context it's not a bad movie I just think it didn't flow well I didn't think it felt like Star Wars so let's talk about like the very beginning of the movie the Last Jedi is the only movie that starts immediately where the last movie, the predecessor, took off. So, at the end of The Force Awakens, we see Rey is climbing up Octo on that little island. She sees Luke, and she's handing the lightsaber to him. And then you're like, "Oh my God, what? It's over!" Ah. But like, The Last Jedi starts immediately from there, and none of the other movies did that. Um. And and. They're also, you know, like the ships are like the, the first order came in on them. Are they is that Dakar? Is that the planet Dakar?
1: The planet it, that they, their previous, it starts with their evacuating their previous base.
0: Yes, I think the it's. The
1: base Dakar. they they were on in The Force Awakens.
0: Maybe I'm wrong. No, it is Dakar. Yes. Okay. Dakar. Um, so they're, they're, yes, that one. And they're um going after that, um, uh, the first order, so tell me what what did you think about that? I know it's like a small thing, but it it that I felt like laid the groundwork for the rest of the movie. It's like, hey, I'm not gonna follow George Lucas's vision in creating a few years' difference that th- something that has been done over and over and over again in all these movies. I am gonna go and start it right where it left off.
1: um, that definitely that was surprising. Um, I mean, when I think of it in the way that you just laid out, yes, that is surprising because the last movie ended with that almost literal cliffhanger um, <laughs> right? like it kind of makes sense that it picks up there and it gives them a really good opportunity to do that the like almost stick with the lightsaber right and I actually this is where I take a little bit I gotta I gotta needle you a little bit because on your um the previous episode I think we were talking about this scene where you don't like that he throws, he chucks the lightsaber over his shoulder. Um, it's not the first thing he does. Because the first thing he does is he takes it in hand. He looks at that's it. True. Kind of in awe. But wait, but no, he, then he looks up and then his face kind of scowls and then he chucks it. And I think that is an important distinction because I think Luke, especially right now, is in a very performative place. I think that's a, th- he realizes why she's there you know, not for the training, but for the, to drag him back in, into the, you know, into the fight as it were. And he is not about that. And so he puts on this little bit of a, Chuck, it's not important. I'm not doing it. It's also a nice little, like, you know, a uh, symbolic thing, right? Here's this lightsaber that's been in here for the prequel movies and the original movies, mm. chronologically. It's, Carrie passing the torch. It's all of this stuff. It's super important. He hands to her. And then he looks at it and he's like, no, we're not doing that. And that's, I think, a lot of what this movie is very um, self-referential, right? This movie knows, I think, is is aware that it's, it's, you know, going against the grain of a typical Star Wars movie. And that, you know, some fo- whether or not he's aware it's going to, like, piss people off, like that it, this is a little bit of a different thing. And we're gonna make some changes here to the to the philosophy, to the flow of how these normally go. And it starts right there. He's just like, no, throws it over his shoulder, walks away. Now, I mean, that's not the last time we see that lightsaber, right. but I think it's a, I think it's a it's a unspoken way of being able to tell you what the score is and also throw in a little shtick humor while you're at it, you know. I
0: mean to quote Kyle Wren. Let the past die. Kill it if you have to.
1: That's what I'm saying. I think, again, this there's, like, so many moments in the movie where there is that idea about, like, I don't think this movie is about overall Star Wars. I just think it, uh, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that he wrote it in a way to say that, you know, I want to burn down the past of, like, the, all the Star Wars that have come before. I think that it's a way of saying if we're going to keep doing this, making more Star Wars is passing the torch to the next generation, um being a new story and a new franchise, we can't just make the same movie over and over again, which was certainly my biggest criticism of the Force awakens, which I loved i I, I thought it was a great movie, but you know, after I watched that movie, I was like, I feel like I watched the entire episode four, five, and six inside of two and a half hours, you know, with some better special effects. You know, I thought it was good, but I, I don't know anybody that didn't feel that way about it, whether or not they liked that or not. I was like, that was very much the old the old thing. And this one, certainly within the script, I think makes a point of bucking that trend and referencing itself and, we, and, I'll, and I'll point out to my favorite parts of it, which happen a little later uh, as we get to it chronologically. Um, but I think that sort of, um, again, self-referential point or moment is the sign of a self-aware sort of script. And I really like that. That appeals to me. Um, and that may just be a personal thing. But I think that that does a little bit more of a service. I think then all of your lines and all of your dialogue and all of your little plot points just carry with them a little extra weight without necessarily having to, you know, really jam it down your throat too much.
0: I feel like I have a few thoughts on this. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But I think my main one is like, I actually did... Want Star Wars to do something different, I did, and when I first heard that Disney had bought Lucasfilm, I said, "Oh great, we can like go off into a new era right like of the expanding universe stories of things that were just so different and interesting, and I actually what I was hoping they would do was go back in time and do the like really like the Republic at the height of its powers and the Jedi at the height of its powers, which they're doing right now with well, novels say, and books
1: a, I think yeah that, I was, show in development too,
0: um yes. I was hoping that they would do that though right away.
1: Okay, whatever. So they
0: didn't, but then they came in with the force awakens and uh, all your points are very justified with like, it felt like you were watching just kind of like a repeat, rinse and repeat, you know, but I think that they had to do it because there were a lot of jaded fans from the prequel era. So I think they were like, how can we bring in as many fans as possible and let them trust us? Disney, for taking over the star Wars universe. So they kind of made this movie that like made everyone kind of happy. And I think I understood that from a business sense totally. But then when the last Jedi came out, came in, it was almost too jarring. So that, that, that was like my main point to what you're saying, because so I think you have a good point. And I think, yes, yeah. it, it was great to kind of throw away what, what had been built before. But I think, he almost like destroyed what was built before and he just like didn't pay attention he didn't care and that was like what was kind of frustrating for me And, and in terms of like luke throwing away the lightsaber and like yes on a larger scale i see what you're saying it makes sense it's kind of sets the tone but does it make sense within his character i thought no and that's what i was arguing in my other um audio blog i thought no it doesn't make sense with his character i think that of course, we all have our own interpretations of characters, but I think Luke would never have done that. But I already talked about that in the previous episode. So you said you liked the script. I kind of wanted to go into the humor of the movie, which I also talked about in my other audio blog, oh, yeah. and especially those like one-liners and all of that. Like, what did yeah. you feel about that?
1: So I, I think in terms of the humor, um, I didn't think the humor was all that different from The Force Awakens and the the, the next one, too. Um I think that is a very consistent with like an abrams kind of approach and and it's a it's certainly more modern. I agree with you that it's not very star warsy um and whether or not that's a good thing i mean there are times where it takes me out of it, and I can point to some some moments with that a lot of it is poe to be honest um i th- I think that um I don't think that, I think that that's not unique to The Last Jedi, that style of humor. I think that was unique to these new movies and it being more modern and um, same with some of the shows that they're doing now. They, they're they rife with that kind of humor. And I think that's just how you talk to a modern audience. Now, that is super weird coming from Luke.
0: I think to, that, yeah, I think that's Poe my
1: but actually i think the the thing if you want to talk about sort of a character inconsistency with luke um you know george lucas especially in the originals his his dialogue is not fast he he it's not like a repartee you know like i'm getting that word wrong but you know like it's not like a um quick-witted kind of a thing. Like Han Solo has a couple cheeky one-liners, yeah, but go back and watch A New Hope or any of them Luke doesn't say more than one sentence at a time almost ever, you know? And I think that part of that originally is they he's building this very epic, operatic and grand thing. So all of the lines are very dramatic or and all of that and So that's what you expect Luke to sound like. It's what you expect, you know, even Leia to sound like, you know, Admiral Target, I recognize your foul stench from when you first started, you know what I mean? Like it's, even if it's, even if it's uh, wordier, it's not like, there's no like monologues. No, I
0: get what you're saying. I think it was just humor one lines that bothered me from Luke because he didn't have those in the original trilogy those were relegated to Han
1: right exactly and in this he is more yes embittered he is more cynical which is not as we've seen Luke and it's it's more what what bothered me more than that or not bothered but like took me out of it more than that was the style of dialogue is more Mark Hamill than it is Luke Skywalker because He's very, he's very quick and he delivers his lines very quick with some of these, like when he's talking to Ray about like, you know, like to think that the, you know, if the Jedi go out, the light goes out is vanity. Can you see that? Can you feel that? Like, you know, he's making like three statements and then asking two questions in like a really short span. Mm mm-hmm. Right? Like, that bothered me more than the content of the, like, the cynicism and the bitterness, because I thought that was more of an evolution of the character. Mm. And we can talk about it, and I'm sure we will talk about that, that, that nature of Luke now. I don't think, it's certainly different than the Luke when we left him in Return of the Jedi. But given everything that's happened in between that we learn about in this movie... I I see how he gets there, how he can become that, you know, but, you know, not having the benefit of those, what is it, 30 years in between in like some sort of laid out fashion. Yeah, that's a huge, that's a huge character jump, but I don't think it's outside of what would be consistent with that character, given what we find out happens to him and what he does.
0: I'm just, I'm just rolling her eyes. I, no, I, no, yeah. I'm not rolling my eyes. I'm not rolling my eyes. I'm just struggling.
1: That's
0: okay. it.
1: Okay. I just you want to talk about that more? Or do you want to keep going? Um,
0: no, I don't. I, I just, I, because I'd rather talk about The Last Jedi in general as a movie, sure. not okay. Luke. If we have time, we'll get to Luke. We'll do okay. more Luke.
1: You know, we skipped over something that I thought was really cool at the beginning was the whole the the dreadnought sequence.
0: Yeah, I kind of did want to ask about that um, and see because there's a lot of um, online stuff going on right now, like online articles talking about um, what if you have you watched the new ILM documentary that is on Disney Plus? It just came out okay it came out like two weeks ago and there was this one line that someone said like when we were designing the rebel fleet ships george was very much like these need to be like um speedy fast cobbled together like but like modifications like they like they compared the empire to getting ships that are right off the assembly line you know like here you go brand new sparkling but the rebels have to like ragtag put things together and they just have modifications on them and so they were complaining that that whole sequence in the beginning with the very slow bombers Mm. did not reflect george lucas's vision of what the resistance rebellion evolved into the resistance would be yeah it was good though i mean like visually and like this was one thing that i took away from the movie re-watching it i was like ooh, like i got goosebumps and watching it and like the pacing of it was excellent and right. I, I, I 100% agree. That well, and, I the slow, good.
1: Yeah, and the slow moving ships are, you know, tension building devices. And like
0: you, and you feel, you see why Leia was so angry at Poe later, right? Because you see them go down one by one and like all oh, the people it's she's losing.
1: It's gut wrenching. And that's, I think, yeah. that's my, that's, I think, what makes that a good scene or good sequence is not the actual I mean like the visuals are very great like Poe flying through and taking out all the surface cannons Mm. and then there's this like one kind of like there's this one moment that I in re-watching I I almost like stopped it just to like memorize the spaces when Hux sees what he's doing taking out the surface cannons of the dreadnought from afar and like you just see you know in a row like one explosion then the next then the next and Huck has this Hux has this face like you know, yeah, like, know, like somebody just like, you know, kicked him in the shin all of a sudden and was like, oh, my God, this one little ship is it's like a priceless face. And it's a little bit of just like visual humor, um, which is, again, it's, it's a little bit of a modern thing like to do it that way. But, but I was going to say that more than that, more than all of that, the fact that that plan succeeded and it was still a failure right yeah. like because of what they lost like they didn't need they needed their ships and their pilots so much more than the empire needed that dreadnought yeah. and you know what i mean and the loss of life i mean there's this moment where leia looks down at the dash and you see like
0: the, the red dead
1: pilots yeah. and how many of them and she knows like she understands that in that moment and she says it in that line he was like you know there're there were heroes on that mission. It's like dead heroes. Yeah. No and that is so harsh and crushing and good, you know, from like a, from like a movie perspective, like, ah, oh, that killed me. Like it was, it was heartfelt, but it was also like, this movie is very much about failure. Right.
0: Mm. I also think it's about hope. I thought he did push that down our throats, but. Um, no, yeah, totally. But, 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 there, it, but it, it, I think it uh, also gives a good example of war. Yeah, which they were kept saying Rogue One was going to show us. But I don't think Rogue One actually showed us as much about war as this movie did. Like this feeling of like, they're gonna keep fighting, they're gonna keep going, but they're dwindling and dwindling and dwindling. And sometimes the good guys don't come out ahead. And I felt like this movie actually felt really like the good guys are not going to come out ahead. How are they going to come out ahead?
1: I, I agree with that, although I feel like I gotta do a whole other podcast on Rogue One and militarized Star Wars, because I that's of my favorite like kind I of know. topics. Yeah. But no, you're right. And I think that hope surviving, enduring in the face of failure, learning from failure is a big part of this because one of the things that happens in this movie is that um, you know, Leia is trying so hard to get poe to be the leader that he needs mm-hmm. to come and he needs to grow so much and he i i don't know if he does like by the end of this movie um or frankly even the next movie but i see the need i see why leia is pushing that and even holdo like some of the shit this this guy does in this movie, like you would have been kicked Ugh. out of any other military situation. No,
0: I know. I like, know. But it's like, like they're on. desperate. Right. Let good.
1: Like, come on. Right. No. But so but like it's by keeping him there. I think we're getting that idea of like, you know, we fail, we stumble, we get up, we try again, we endure. Right. Yeah. Like that, that's a lot of what this is.
0: I do agree with that. I agree with that. So let's fast forward to mm-hmm. they're running away from the First Order. And let's talk about that famous Leia floating through space oh. scene. So I thought actually when I was watching it in theaters that she was going to die, obviously. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh, how fitting. Because at that point, Carrie Fisher had passed away. Right. And I thought, wow, okay, this is like scary, sad. But weirdly fitting because it will make if kylo ren is going to be redeemed which we didn't know if that was going to happen that will make the redemption stronger maybe like he really has to convince us that he's he's gonna you know because that that, at that point he would have killed his father and his mother and for some reason that was I thought that was good. I was like, wow, that's a really like because with Vader in the original trilogy, yeah. you just know he's bad. Like you know about his past. You didn't know yet because we hadn't had the prequels. We didn't know what he had done, but you just already had that impression. I felt like right. Kylo Ren was younger and you knew that he had once been like a good kid and blah blah, blah. he'd been raised by Han and um Leia and trained with Luke. Just seeing that would have been like had him cross over to like that really evil that was convincing. So when she starts, like you know, she dies, gets blasted through space. I was like, "Oh, okay. Ooh, interesting choice." But I, I can be okay with that. And then she starts floating through space, and I was actually disappointed. I was like, "No, yeah. no, really."
1: Yeah. I had, I had basically the same reaction. I, I, I remember watching it, and I was, I was so disappointed because I was like, "Oh, yeah." I remember she had died. Right, I was like, I thought she, they, like she had. Finished this movie or done more? Like I had all of the like thoughts and emotions all at the same time while she does because like, I wasn't expecting it. You know, he pulls his thumb off the trigger or whatever, mm-hmm. and then it happens. Um, again, she gives this great little like when she realizes it's about to happen, and her eyes. Oh yeah,
0: because he up. didn't actually kill her, was it? He
1: right. Had, no. Oh, yeah, right. that's right. He, right. he, he backed off, and, and then it, it was a wingman. Yeah. Like yeah They both shoot proton. Okay. Per- either product. way, that would have been good. That would have been good. Well, but that makes it so much more heartbreaking. Like that's such does. an emotional rollercoaster. like, is he going to kill his mother? It's like, oh my God, he's not. Oh, but these other guys did. Yeah. Although she's not dead. Like that, that, it's like- it, it cheapened it. It, it, it puts it. a, it put a hard stop on all the feelings. Cause like, oh, well then now she's going to live. And it's like, not that I didn't want her to live. I wanted her to be alive through more of it. Like I didn't mind so much that if she dies in the movie- like I was ready for that going in, I. But I was like the beginning of the movie. I was like I wanted more, and then she dies, and then doesn't.
0: It was just silly. It was a silly. Scene. It, was,
1: it was silly. It was. It, I I admit that. To even now on the rewatch, I was like, this is dumb. I don't know. <laughs> like I don't know that that was. It's another thing that happens in this movie is we get a lot more of like powers of the force that didn't exist before you know what I mean like unconscious dragging myself through space back into the thing is one of them among the other things like you know you got your force projection hologram Mm -hmm. things and Mm the matter transfer through a you know mind connection which is super weird and fun that one though yeah. I don't know. I, I, like I said, I like this movie. I can't say I like all of this movie, <laughs> you know, that was yeah. one of the things that that was one of the things that stuck out to me as being odd. Although I do love the moment when she comes back and then stuns Poe just oh, like yeah. mid good. mutiny. He's like, <laughs> it's all like, oh, it's, it's Leia. And then she's just like standing there and like, bam. just <laughs> That was high comedy. I love that.
0: Yeah, but like we didn't need her floating through space to do that. She could have gotten damaged in the ship somehow differently, right? Like we didn't need that. And I thought it. I I agree. I thought it was dumb. Um, So
1: yeah, I wonder if there's something to be said about we wanted a demonstration of her force sensitivity because it's like, you know, like in the next movie she's like, you know, the master, as it were, and just like we talk about the the whole. Skywalker
0: yeah interesting thought right
1: I don't know if that was meant to be that or just like like, a
0: reminder for us almost maybe
1: yeah that this is that this is a very special person within the force or just like maybe it's a fate thing like her job's not done yet either way it didn't it didn't sell perfectly no not at all yeah no
0: but talking about silly and dumb things let's move on to the Maz Kanata um <laughs> cameo and then the canto bite yeah. scenes and sequence with the father's and everything yeah. fathiers, fathiers. she said yeah. it in the movie rose and i was like is it father or father?" and i've already forgotten because i don't care um so we have them like poe being all mutinous and like oh holdo has a horrible plan uh, yeah. i'm gonna contact maz Kanata, which right. If you remember in The Force Awakens, he actually hadn't talked to her at all. It was Han Solo. who So it was like, okay, you randomly know Maz Kanata, and she answers while she's in a pursuit. Oh, my gosh, so horrible. And then she's like, you have to go find this codebreaker on Canto Byte. and everyone thinks it's a good idea. And then, just jumping ahead, the whole Canto Byte sequence was just kind of dumb in general, because it didn't really accomplish anything. It was like its whole purpose was to get Finn to face Captain Phasma, I think. So, I mean, like, I don't know really the purpose or, like, really to show Rose and Finn together and having some time spent together. I, I I couldn't figure out, and I still have trouble, why we needed that sequence unless Kathleen Kennedy was like, we need something that is like a cantina sequence. Can you put that in? Because every Star Wars movie needs that. And he's like, oh, okay, right, let me just write right. this in.
1: I, so, first of all, I, I, I'm going to put this one positive thing in there, which is that, I really like Lupita Nyong'o's Maz Kanata voice delivery. Like, I thought the lines that she delivered were hilarious, the way she did them. That said, I didn't need everything from that moment to the end of the Canto Bite thing. I think was kind of a waste. Like, I hate, I hate to be that harsh. Like, it, it, it extended the movie unnecessarily. It did not further the plot really like there were there's like one thing that it does that it didn't need to do which is that the end result is that they give the game away about the plan to go down to crate so like this is a a long way of getting there but there's Mm. a moment somewhere in there they're talking they have picked up benicio del toro's character dj right which, what a waste of Benicio del Toro's like,
0: oh, talent.
1: I, like, I love that actor. I,
0: I actually liked his character. I did. I, didn't, I
1: thought the character was fine. I thought the use of the character. Oh, yeah.
0: Was- no, I agree. Agree. Totally.
1: Yeah. But they're like, he overhears the conversation about like, oh, yeah, he, they're evacuating to this planet. And then he sells them out to the Empire or uh, to the First Order. And that's how they find out that they're going down there, giving us the last... Like end of it but also resulting in the like destruction of a bunch of those little pod crafts I know shielded which is really sad which is another like the only other the only other like that's the only plot thing it does and then the only other well, other than that- Captain
0: Phasma seeing her again because like if he didn't have a movie with Captain Phasma people would be like what happened to Captain Phasma she was in like a sanitary thing before and now what? right did she die? I mean,
1: again, like good character could have brought her in somewhere else. Something else. Yeah. They could have done a whole other thing with that. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get what the whole point of that. Cause like, they talk about like war profiteering and they talk about some of the, and they introduce like those kids. You oh know? yeah.
0: That was so random.
1: Well, yeah. It's like kind of like a. Yeah, it was it was random. It's meant to be like a little bit like there's this one little payoff right at the tag end of the movie. Yes, where they're telling the story of Luke Skywalker facing down. Yeah, thing and like that's cool. Like that's your that that's the spark lighting the fire. Yeah, that's gonna restore the thing. It's like the storytelling, the example, the legend, you know. And and Ray talks about it's like we may just need a legend before this yep. is all said and done. So like that, and that's a little thing that again you could have just like even if I had never seen those kids before, you could have just plugged them in at the end and done that whole thing with the you know and the kid holds up the broomstick, um and it's cute and it's it's um I like playing to a younger audience as well, but again like the there was so much there that was like its own other movie like the ugly. The people who benefit from war, then they're the the ugly side of beauty. You know, it was like um, I felt ugly. like it
0: was. A, it was almost like too forced. It felt like it was trying it to shove right. down our throats. Like there is this other side of war here. You need to and, be aware of.
1: Right, and the and the the sequence itself was so overwrought CGI that I felt like I was watching a prequels thing, which is like <laughs> of my of my least favorite thing about the prequels, uh, is that like most of what i'm seeing on the screen is just like green screen and not like not even like you know by the standards of the time really good cgi green screening great but i still am consciously aware of what i'm seeing and i think the practicals you know yeah. are leaps and bounds better than that ever um and i think most of the rest of the movie also very cgi but like doesn't You know, not that much. Not as much. Not or at least gets away with it better than all the canto bite stuff was so overwrought and in this very jarringly different space that we've been. That yeah, it felt like it felt like I was back, yeah, in a a prequel setting or a um completely non um relevant to the story that I'm watching setting. And that's like the worst part of this movie for me it's also like how long it took and oh, yeah. the only good thing that I could think of because I was like very critical of that like right out of the gate in rewatching it I will say that because I really honed in on this like kind of theme of failure and how like everyone in every aspect of this movie good and bad fails at something somehow and these guys failed and the the only credit i can give it is that we don't see that very often like there there's not a lot of plans that the rebels have that don't work out however outlandish however ridiculous long shot odds it always seems to work out and of course it does they're the protagonists that's the story we're telling but like you know sometimes it doesn't you know like and the this worst was like they're right. like
0: yeah, it was like this one little section. I mean, you could argue in Return of the Jedi when they show up at that second Death Star that failed, but but you knew no, it, it was no gonna be
1: up. Yeah, like it yeah. but it worked out in a lot. Like they got conflict or like they got some hurdles in the way, but it worked out. The only thing I can think of um was in Oh, what is it? Um Revenge of
0: the Sith, the whole movie. No, no, again.
1: no. No, in Empire well, yeah, I mean, but that's like that's a whole other can of worms, I feel like. Okay, like I'll give you that. Fine. <laughs> the whole yes because in order to you had to. Empire, you, you had to you had to
0: set up no, the, original the only trilogy. thing
1: i can think of is luke lost a hand in empire yeah. right like that's the only and is that failing i don't know That just kind of like i don't know they came character. down
0: on them on hawk on hawk they destroyed them
1: they did and they still got away that's true
0: right. um okay wait wait okay so that we do need to to move on a little bit let's yeah. talk about quickly the two um encounters for okay. lack of a better word let's talk about Ray and Kylo versus Snoke and then also Finn versus Captain Phasma
1: okay um well let's do Ray Captain Phasma first because we're already in that
0: Finn Captain Phasma movie.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay, no, so yeah, I God. will
0: say if you've watched the deleted scenes and the extras um in the last Jedi, there's actually a cooler showdown I thought with Finn and Captain Phasma. And I was really disappointed that it, like they picked this other one which was barely a showdown. Um but again, I thought it was let's get rid of this character that Ryan Johnson just for some reason didn't know what to do with, but like had been left because of JJ Abrams and all the right. marketing. So he was just right. kind of like oh, well, I don't really like this character, but we've got to have Finn showdown with her, so we'll just kind of stick it in the end of the Canto Bite sequence And Okay. I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. And, like, BB-8 controlling the AT-ST, I was kind of like, eh, really?
1: Um, I thought that, that that fight scene and that whole sequence with them being, like, almost executed on that Star Destroyer was the best part of the, we'll call it the Canto Bite kind of plot right? Like, that was the only part that was... Would... And for me, it was just visually cool. Like, the thing with Captain Phasma is that... And I can't, like, oversell the coolness of this, is that it's a stormtrooper with a reflective chrome getup. Yeah. Like, that's so cool. Like, the fire that's all yeah. around him reflects in that. That's so cool. Like, it's such a visually awesome thing to see that even in the second movie... I still liked it, you know, and um, and I'm also a big Gwendolyn Christie fan generally, so like I think she she did a great job with it. Um, I I otherwise, yeah, I didn't really need most of that. BB-8 and the ATSTs, you know, they always have like a cute thing where a droid saves them, right? Like you well, already every- saved
0: Poe in the beginning of the movie. I thought he had done his, he'd put in his time. He's good. I mean, he's my favorite droid. So don't get me wrong. I was really, really happy. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I again. I think it was part of the Canto Bite sequence. It was kind of like, eh, I I mean, there were better uh, ways to bring Finn and Captain Phasma together. I, I,
1: I, I agree with that. Um, I don't, I don't know that it was a forced thing the way you're kind of describing it like i don't know that did ryan johnson get like some sort of a note from the studio of like no you have to have captain phasmid like yeah you could have thrown i think he
0: did i think he absolutely did like do you know how much money they made off the marketing of her she was a female stormtrooper with chrome reflective outfit like you better put her in this movie and then he's like really well f you (laughs) i'm gonna write her off I was
1: like, oh, uh, a hard time, I have a hard time believing that somebody takes on a project like that. And even if there's something they don't want to do, they write it in a purposely bad way to be spiteful. Or, okay,
0: then, or he the was way. like, Writing this movie, he's like, "Oh shoot, I forgot Captain Fasma. Oh yeah, I got her.
1: Oh shoot, where do <laughs> I put just, her? Let's like, just put her in real quick."
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, he's um, like, "Oh shoot, I got to have her. Mm, yeah. She's gonna mess up all these other scenes. So I'll just, I'll just write this little section in." <laughs> like, right. Not that I mean, not that he writes it, but you know what I mean. Like he's going
1: Yes, I do know, I do know what you. I thought, but I thought the fight itself was cool. You know. Yeah, I you thought... keep going
0: back to visually, which yes, I agree. The movie visually was good.
1: It, it, I mean, Did it feel like
0: Star Wars? No. It,
1: it is a film. <laughs> it, it, is okay, spi- it is a space opera film with lots of blasters and and fight bi- you know i you know what anything where they anything where they mess up a star destroyer i like okay very you know, like, very simple you man you're really in star wars like you can't go too wrong blowing up a star destroyer inside or outside i think that's i think that's just a good uh note for future uh star wars filmmakers
0: All right, so let's talk about uh, Ray and Kylo Ren. I thought that was one of the best scenes. I thought that was so good.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. And like visually,
0: well, visually, if we're going to talk about visuals, that was very visually amazing. That whole fight sequence
1: against Snow. Oh, the fight, the two of them versus Snow? Yes. amazingly good. Hands down. Like,
0: I thought it was better than the ending, actually. I thought it was better than the ending. I liked that. If I had to pick my favorite scene, I would actually say that was my favorite scene. It's
1: certainly a better fight scene that's for sure like there was just so much more happening i thought even the choreography with their with the like praetorian guard yeah that was there was great like yeah. they, like you could feel that fight like that that was a real like struggle for them um i it did include it started with one of my favorite things which i was like i have always as a kid i never understood if they can use the force and they have lightsabers, why not chuck these things, turn them on midair and just like, you know, Mm. I that was, so for me, like, yeah, that's less interesting than having a sword fight. But like, that it took eight movies for that to happen is amazing to me. I'm just glad it happened. Like, I, I, like, the kid in me was like, like, I saw it happening and I was like, yes. Yeah, finally. Do it, do it. Is he gonna do it? And then like, Snoke, literally is like describing is like I can feel him yeah turning on his lightsaber and striking down his true enemy oh my body yeah Um, (laughs) (laughs) that was so great Snoke has some of the best lines I thought in the movie I thought all of his lines are fire like you know um just no one smacks down kylo ren like snoke right yeah, like true. or anybody like snoke does not the emperor not anybody else like you're just a child in a mosque like yeah. oh andy circus you outdo yourself that's such a good <laughs> story on that. um and just makes you want to see him get cut in half i also liked the like sort of unceremonious nature of that The like abrupt just like and then he fell apart and we never (laughs) learned anything else about him cool you know like just he's another bad guy in a robe with a big head like
0: yeah Yeah, the big bad but
1: he's not the big bad is he you know like so um I love that like that that was really fun like cheeky I mean like it's kind of weird to think of it like I don't know how Star Wars gets away with this of like decapitation as being like this kid friendly thing that you could put in a movie. Know. But they do like it's it's not the first time. And um and only Star Wars could do that. Only in Star Wars could you like sword chop somebody in half for not the first time and still get like a PG rating or something like <laughs> that. You know? Um great. That the whole thing was great. The like the red room was weird and then it catches on fire and you realize it's just a screen. Um yeah it was cool fabulous choreography fabulous um everything
0: i agree so i wanted to bring that up just because i did agree that was one of the best scenes i thought um i'm gonna kind of do you want to talk about yoda and yoda coming back and the burning of the books because i kind of want to skip over that but if you if you have something specific you want to say about that we can talk about it
1: i do something specific um which is and i touched on this before again very self-referential about this movie about moving on to the next thing about the like all right so you know how you were saying like kylo does that let the past die kill it if you have to like that's the bad guy version of basically what yoda does in this is like he doesn't burn down the tree and then luke is like the sacred jedi tax, which to me is the screams of a thousand star wars fan purists you know, going, what are they doing to Luke and Star Wars? And Yoda, Yoda of all people. Remember, 800 years he's been training Jedi. Yoda of all people burns the shit down and then does a little dance on top of it, you know, with his little legs kicking. That's oh, right, straight. yep. Great. And he giggles. And then he's like, look, there's nothing more in those books that can teach Rey. And this is about right. And he, he specifies, he's like... Skywalker, you still have not learned. Always your eyes are on the horizon, never what's in front of you. You lost Ben. You failed Ben solo. We cannot lose Ray. Right. And that's kind of what was happening. Well, isn't it? Right. Like Luke kind of scared her off. Yeah. And now she's in this very dangerous place. Her training's not complete. She's conflicted and she's going off to find Ben or Kylo. Right. And kind of like how Luke left his yeah. training midway, you know, and, and did that. And, and here's Yoda saying, it's like, you need to focus. You need to like get past your own grief, your own failure and see failure as a teacher. And I think that that's incredibly important, both thematically again, like failure converted to hope. um, But also because I really enjoyed that. It's their way of saying like, we can't, it's maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know this. Like I haven't read Ryan Johnson say this or anything like that. But to me, I read that as like, if this franchise is going to endure, like we need to get past the purity of this is what George Lucas would have done, or this is what exactly the force means. And it can't mean anything else or, or something like that. You know, I, again, I come from a place of, I don't like purity in adapted franchises. I say this as a lifelong comic book fan, right? Like everyone gets so up in arms about like certain things. And I'm like, that's the fun of it. You know, this franchise is 40 years old. Is that it? Like 77 to now? I mean like if we're gonna if we're gonna have another 40 years of it like it's got to be in the hands of I don't want to say like you know Disney the studio should do it and only make decisions that are based on on like you know profits or something like that but they hired Ryan Johnson right they chose that he wrote it and directed it and if you're gonna bring on like an an auteur if you will if you want to use that word you know you got to let them run with it and take risks and, and do those big things. Otherwise you get just, you know, it it stagnates a little bit. And some of it isn't going to be good. Some of it's not going to be, you know, like great. The good thing is that it's in the hands of a company that has enough money and resources to keep remaking it and do different things all at the same time. So there's a little something for everybody, I don't want to say people shouldn't be upset about the treatment of Luke. And like, I totally get where you're coming from with it, where you talked about, like, you know, I grew up with Luke and I felt a certain way about him. And he shaped a lot of my, you know, ideas about like. Life. life. Like I was so impressionable. Absolutely. And there are absolutely characters that I have like that. um, In my, in my having grown up and. um, I I can go on a whole thing about that, about like, you know, adaptation and 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 purists and stuff like that. But just to say that, like, it's it's perfectly it's not to say that you're wrong. You're not. That's your experience with it. I just think that the full measure of your experience doesn't need to end here. It still exists with the previous Luke that you loved and other characters that are gonna come in like Ray and others that are going to inspire you and take it further. Um, Like, I think looking at the whole Star Wars in that way is a little bit maybe healthier and more constructive than to say because this person didn't get this character the way that I do and made decisions in a way that I or true Star Wars fans wouldn't have made makes the whole thing about like an elite group that manages what is and is not Star Wars Mm. and that that bothers me a bit you know like that that's the only thing that's like I'm not saying people shouldn't feel the way they do or be invested in characters and certainly they're going to make decisions that upset people in terms of the treatment of those characters and their arcs. but that's what happens when you Try when you take risks and 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 swing for the fences there. I can't tell you how many I can't count how many spider man movies there have been. I'm a huge spider man fan. I didn't like most of those movies, uh but there's something in all of them that resonates with me in terms of like you know that iteration or that telling or that whatever that strikes true, and if you want, we can get into like a more in story justification for why luke is the way he is now
0: i know you want to but i don't have time for it i
1: I just have one
0: thing i want to say to that is like what how do you feel though when mark hamill said to ryan johnson that he didn't feel like this was luke that he was like and like of course he had to backtrack because disney was like slap on the wrist what are you doing but he was like he came out saying like this is not what i think who i think luke is like what are you doing to luke's character like how do you feel about that because like i'm just a fan this is the guy who played him who's lived Luke Skywalker who's been to conventions over and over again who's just you know Luke
1: yeah totally um and I remember I remember reading that and I also remember his response was something like okay well in the end I justified it like in order to play it by saying okay this is not my Luke Skywalker like the way I, I had him and I think like if you're looking for a If you're asking me how I feel about it.
0: I was just wondering, like, if you took that into account, because I feel like if if anyone has a say, it's George Lucas or Mark Hamill. And Mark Hamill, obviously, George couldn't have a say, but Mark Hamill did. Yeah. And I thought that was it was telling that it made I guess it made me feel justified. It made me feel like, okay, I'm not crazy.
1: Like, I no, you're not. No, you it's can a take it's this big. Line this down. no, yeah, absolutely, and this this iteration of Luke is very challenging in the in the sense like it challenges its audience and asks a lot. It's a big ask in terms of suspending your disbelief to think that Luke would do what he does. You know, like the bad things that he does. Become cynical, and then, and he becomes, becomes cynical, becomes bitter, like that.
0: turns a lightsaber sure. against Ben, like all think, these things I yeah. listed in my last thing.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I think I think every movie Star Wars or not every good story asks you to go on a ride, right? It asks you to trust it. And when it loses that bit of, when it presents you with something that within its own story doesn't make sense or is outside of the verisimilitude of the story, um, it pulls you out of it. It does a disservice to you. It does, but it still has to ask it. You know what I mean? For, I can't, you know, Imagine what it was like for Mark Hamill, a character that's defined him for most of his career, to then step into a role that is Luke but isn't his Luke as it were i, I don't know how does it make me feel I gotta tell you I never liked Luke that's my like that's the hard thing it's like that's what makes it hard for me to I'm, like, I'm fine I'm, with i I'm fighting that i didn't I didn't dislike Luke, but for me, this character didn't have throughout the entire franchise like just didn't have the same sort of depth and complexity that everyone else in this universe. No, I know that richness. Right.
0: Yeah. I can totally admit that. I know.
1: Yeah. Right. So, so then for me, like, again, just me, like he just now got interesting. Right. Like that, that's, that's what it was like for me. How does it make me feel to hear Mark Hamill say that who Mark Hamill, I really respect. I really enjoy like his other roles too. I like him as an actor, um and I and I think he played this character well. I thought this was some of the best Luke that he did, not just be- because it asked more of him. It asked more of him in terms of the acting and in terms of stretching and you could see it and it was it felt painful, right? Like he, that character is very much in pain and I could see that in in his performance of it. And that to me was good art. I guess it, that's how it made me feel was that it was a it was a challenge and you know yeah it's going to piss people off but like again these are the sacred jedi texts are on fire you know i mean like it's i I don't have a good answer i don't have a good answer for how it makes me feel other than to say the i walked away from this movie and this performance more charged more feeling good about it um, and enjoying it relative to the other, you know, Skywalker-based movies, you know, certainly of this arc. I can't, it's hard to compare it to, like, the originals because, like, you know, I've been watching those for God knows how many years now, and they're these captured-in-time little things to me that, like, you know, I can't really do that comparison. Mm Um, I think if we're gonna do new Star Wars, it, let's do new Star Wars. You know, like I don't, I didn't really understand the need to even do a, another Skywalker arc for these three movies. Like, oh, I it, didn't
0: either in the beginning. I was, I was just hoping it was like, that why? it would actually take yeah. away from the sky. Like, maybe they would show up. Maybe, yeah, right. Like, like, have a like, I, yeah. yeah. I didn't want that. I wanted something completely new, and I was surprised at how heavily, like in the Force yeah. Awakens, Han Solo yeah. played a part, and I was like, oh, and then Leia, and then like. I thought of right. anything having Luke would have made the most sense if we're gonna I mean, if Force weekends. To do it, right? Just because like did... the Jedi and like yeah. trying to figure out it
1: does it does to me, and again, this is like what why I like Rogue One so much was like, oh finally a full on right, Star Wars right. movie that doesn't have to do with
0: Well actually you know, I think I like the Mandalorian so much because it, it has nothing yeah, to do with Jedi. Totally and and I love Jedi, I love it as everyone else. Yeah. I love Although Jedi. Although you have
1: Skywalkers in both of those too.
0: I know. I I know. Well,
1: technically, but, but again, like little little cameos, like little, right. like Oh yeah, little little
0: But back. it's not the main right. storyline, which is what right. I think I was, and like I think they were tr- kind of like maybe trying that with Ray and Finn and Poe, but then they they didn't. They like it still focused too much on the the old
1: it's the it. main
0: the original yeah. trilogy main characters, right. right?
1: Yeah, and I think the 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 hard part about putting them in all in the same movie is now you like you had to work against a lot of people trying to make comparisons of, like, is Poe the new Han? Right, right. Is the new Luke and Leia combined? Like, that's... And it's not... I I don't think that's a great way of building out something new. I am looking forward to what they do next. You know? Like, now that... Okay, now we're done.
0: Right, right.
1: uh, We've all... We know what happens with the Skywalkers. That whole bloodline thing is gone. The Emperor is, fingers crossed, dead this time. (laughs) Let's let's stop building Death Stars and do something else. Yeah. yeah. All
0: right, let's do the, let's wrap it up with the ending. Okay. Um, and just talk about that quickly. A few things. Um Rose and Finn, they kiss. Mm. Did you think that made sense? Some people argue that didn't make any sense.
1: I thought it made sense the way that I saw it. I don't know, like, so to me, she, you know, was into him and he was not. And yeah, that's, okay. That's what okay. it was. I That's thought that what it too. looked like
0: to me. <laughs> but then I think people were like, well, what happened in the rise of Skywalker? Their relationship wasn't there at all. And I do agree, like, this is not a discussion about the rise of Skywalker. But it was kind of like they built something up in the end there. And then maybe it was hey JJ's there. version of giving the finger. Like, I'm not gonna proceed. Crazy
1: this. <laughs> stuff happens in the heat of battle, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: right. Okay, so then let's talk about Luke versus Kylo Ren and Luke's death.
1: Mm. Okay, let's talk about it.
0: I mean, I I didn't I didn't like it. I mean, one of my um someone commented on my blog and gave a very good defense. I thought if you listen to my episode about Luke, I thought that um, it cheapened his character to have him do that force projection. And she was arguing, well, the only reason why they did that is really to let the resistance get away. It was a distraction move. He didn't need to be there in person. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, okay. I think I just kept hoping, like, Kylo would kill all the main characters. I think somewhere in me was just like, (laughs) well, he kills Han, and then he'll kill Leia, and then, like, she she stayed alive, right? And I was, like, disappointed about that. And then, like, he'll kill Luke, and then he'll be really evil, and there's no coming back. And, like, I think I was kind of hoping that. And then when I found out it was a projection, which, by the way, I swore was in an EU novel, Force Projections. And I have not been able to find anything since. So I don't know if I made it up in my head, but everyone was so surprised by this. But I was like, oh yeah, no, no, no. That happened in a novel. And that was if Anyone out there is listening to this and it did happen in a novel or some story, please tag me or let me know what it is because I swear I read it because I wasn't surprised. I was like, oh yeah, no, duh, he can do that. Um, But I I do think that like it was a good scene and I liked it. I just for some reason was like, now you're just opening up a lot of things with this force projection and, like, uh,
1: yeah. Why
0: was 3PO able to see him? Like, I don't, there was just, like, some things that I just felt, like, kind of were cheapened by it being a projection
1: versus... Sure. I, a I get that. I get that. I get that it, it feels, um, like, I mean, yeah, it's not as high stakes as... Wait, wait, wait let me one more thing.
0: Prefer. Imagine yeah. Kylo Ren raining down that fire from those, um, AT, are the at
1: Something yeah, I think like so. Yeah. It, yeah. No, and they, there's another it's something else. There's like a number in there. It, but they're like the gorilla walkers. Yes,
0: yeah. And yeah. he just like cool. like rains down this blaster fire and Luke is unharmed. Imagine if it wasn't a protection. Like how yeah. much cooler would that be?
1: To see Luke survived, at this like power mean?
0: just like coming back to save the day and be like, oh yeah, nope. And he brushes it off, like, oh no problem. Like so, like thinking that is like sure. if that was actually real, sure is so much more powerful.
1: Well, I I think that, um, yes, I I, I agree that it would be more, it'd be more dramatic if it was the real him there. I think that it being a force projection, is that what we're calling that now? Uh, Yeah, sure. (laughs) I think think that that does a couple things. One is that the, like, can you imagine how utterly humiliated Kylo Ren is now, right? This guy just became the supreme leader right and he's acting like a petulant child in front of an army right a heavily armed army that should be able to squash out this like two dozen remaining like resistance fighters like nothing and he can't even do that what's worse he got bamboozled by an old ghost right? Like he walks through with the lightsaber and everybody in those walkers and on that ship just went. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You're right. right. Like that, that is utterly humiliating. And I think that is not, I think that's not nothing, right? And even if you look at the posture, when they are fighting, right? Luke is standing there calm and confident, and, like, you know, 20 years younger, however much y- younger he's supposed to be, as, as scared boy Kylo would have remembered him, right? I'm assuming he hasn't seen him since then. um, and And a little bit more, with a little bit more, like, he's in darker colors, he's got a little bit more of a cockiness to his step, and maybe the, like, you know, bearded old man with the long feathered hair maybe wouldn't have been able to pose that as well but contrast that with with Kylo who's stooped over in his stance right he's um screaming at him like an angry kid again like these are very like these are very strong power dynamics visually to show It's
0: basically my husband and I after 10 p.m. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wait, <laughs> I'm not going to ask which one is which. I'm um, Kylo
0: Ren. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Um, And well, anyway, but so, but you could do that without a force projection situation. But it just like, I think it's also the kind of a like a trick or a maneuver that a younger audience especially is going to find like sneaky, you know, and it's going to find it more... Um, like, he got away with something. I just, it, it struck me as a very, like, it made me feel like a kid in that, like, what a, what a little twist. What a little, like, aha, gotcha, kind of a mm. thing that a younger audience would respond to.
0: Like, pulling and, the wool over your eyes.
1: Right, exactly. Plus, you know, like, how is he going to get there? Was he going to pull that X-Wing out of the water of Octu Jump in it, hope though all the water gets out. and like gun it to crate. Like how what was how was that gonna happen practically? I don't know. But like the other thing is that but don't they
0: all, like okay. actually pull out that X-wing in The Rise of Skywalker? See, I've only seen that movie twice, so I don't remember. But don't God, they pull it?
1: Do they? I, don't I, thought
0: they, I thought they did rescue that X Wing. But again, like, I, I only watch Rise of There There's so twice. many
1: other X Wings. Why are they still pulling these things out of water? I don't, I don't know. know. I could
0: be wrong. I, I think could be you're wrong. right.
1: Oh, oh, I think you are right. Yeah, that does make sense. I yeah. feel like. I mean, it doesn't make sense. She but did,
0: sense. and then she yeah. was able to fly it. <laughs> well, I don't, you know. I don't know. Like, I might be wrong. There
1: was no droid there to make it work. So, like, right. let's just go with that. Um, the other thing it does is it also, like, kind of mirrors the motif of the, like, the force projection between you know Kylo and um Kylo and Rey yeah yeah they can see each other but they're not there so maybe they should have been more attuned to something like that and then finally like I think it was a nice way of being able to maximize the like the what's the word I'm looking for the like the inspiration of it the legend of it you know what I mean like when Obi-Wan was facing Darth Vader in that hangar in A New Hope right and then he sees Luke seeing him and he just kind of draws himself up he undoes his lightsaber and then Vader just sort of takes him out and Vader doesn't quite believe he's dead or gone mm-hmm. like like has to step on him and that moment inspires Luke right to continue the tra- to be who he ends up being. And I think Luke wanted to do something similar where like he steps in and does that and then inspires like all of the the rebels, you know, to par- carry on this story. And it's like a little bit of a magical moment more so than if you had watched him get shot to pieces by a bunch of you know like heavily armed you know first order types or even if he had been killed by Kylo Ren like that doesn't really inspire a ton of you know like already on the run losing rebels to like you know that we can make it we can survive well luke just kind of like disappeared and was Yeah like, oh, I guess you know? I guess I think I... I think dead luke on the ground would have been a worse thing for inspiring a legend if you will
0: yeah i guess i guess i am um i i didn't really think through about like well how would luke die then or maybe i just liked the idea that he would die in the next movie and then they mm. would carry on i think that's kind of what i was thinking if i oh. if i had if i had him like alive yeah facing Kyle ren yeah. in the flesh he yeah. would escape with the resistance and then maybe oh. in the next one i think that's originally what i was kind of thinking
1: i see Well, I mean, do you remember that line earlier also about how um, when they're the first time that Ray and Kylo, like, mind connect, Kylo's like, you're not doing this. The effort would kill you. Right? Right. So, like, there's a thing where it's like, okay, so this is possible. This is something he's heard of, at least, or something like that. Or maybe it's not, but he understands that this would require a tremendous effort of the Force that would take a physical toll, right? And then so that's what kills him that's what kills luke yeah the, yeah rioting.
0: so there has to be something in those sacred jedi attacks that were burned or not burned because ray took them but yeah, yeah maybe maybe he had learned something
1: i kind of wish i kind of wish she had let them burn personally <laughs> but good on her pulling a fast one i caught it this time like before i didn't notice it this oh time. i didn't catch it yeah.
0: the first time either and i was reading nah, articles online, like, like, no it, ray had it, taken yeah. it and i was like what? Cuts, really? there's
1: a there's a slight moment where she closes the drawer right it's so gonna, fast
0: It's so fast and I didn't catch it the first time I saw it either. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You have to really be watching out. Okay. So I I mean, like I I think I feel like I'm getting more convinced with the ending of Luke. I think I just, I I, maybe for me, it's more tied into his death. Like I just felt like it was then when he died, it was just kind of like, Oh, that that's how he died. So I think I, I I I still struggle with it because like, I think it's like what I was hoping was like, end of season two Mandalorian style. And I don't think I ever oh, really I, thought about, like, I, how he would die. I never really connected that. So if you were, well, if you insane. want him to die in The Last Jedi, if that was a directive or something yeah. from Disney, I don't know. Then I can see, okay, well, how do we do this and give a fitting death to him that doesn't anger fans and doesn't – and I guess I, I – and think that still seems, like, really powerful. And I guess I hadn't yeah. really thought of it that way. I was just, like, I yeah. wanted a real-life showdown. Yeah. And when I didn't get that real-life showdown to show Luke coming back and being like, oh, yep, I've changed my mind. I am going to be the hero you want me to be. I was right. like, what? That was a projection the whole time? Yeah. But now that you bring in those, those factors of the death and stuff, I like I am kind of rethinking it. But like, maybe that helps you, Like yeah. comparing it to Mandalorian season two ending, like sure. that is what I wanted.
1: Yeah, gun blazing kind of a thing. Yes. I think that, I think given the realities of the character now, this was the best death he could have had. Best he could have hoped. Like there, there was no way he was going to beat Kylo Ren, and you know it, right? Like physically or whatever, yeah. or mastery of the Force. Even this guy cut himself off from the Force for God knows how long. He's not in like we'll call it fighting shape, if you will. And yeah. plenty of Jedi die in battle, not gracefully. You know, yeah. and it's and they're brutal deaths. And could be very, you know, like debilitating to the idea of a, I mean, you hate to say it, but like a death that then inspires or sparks, if you will, you know, because like the best part of that whole thing is later when the little kids are retelling the story in the language that we don't know, but we hear the little words like right. "Skywalker Jedi Master," you know, like was really it was really cool, and he's got the little figurine and all that. Like the story gets around; the legend of Luke Skywalker lives on in that way. And the best of him, not not the this old guy, Nicole, came, yeah. like you know, like the way that Obi Wan went out was really only inspiring, could only have really been inspiring to Luke, right? Like it was a. It was a choice it was like you know it was for him almost like and he knew going in that he wasn't getting out of this alive right like even darth knew like escape is not his intent or whatever right right. you know like and his hope that this would then spur luke into becoming you know someone that could then challenge vader and restore balance and yada yada um you know like it was a performance for him and i think much in the same way that luke wanted to create a situation that would have been a performance for ray and the rebellion and also a little uh little screw you to kylo you know like he's not nice to him he's not like oh ben i've done you wrong i've i really liked that i really like that he's like because he's like are you going to try to save my soul and he's like no
0: it's not um, like obi-wan versus vader in the obi-wan kenobi show where right. kind of
1: like obi was still yeah.
0: trying so hard to bring him right. back and he's like but i did
1: yeah right but then i do like that in the end of a new hope obi-wan's not trying to save Right, because he knows he can't. He knows yeah. he can't, and and Luke knows he can't save Kylo. He created Kylo. He
0: right. created
1: Kylo, right? And I and I think it had the most sort of um like ring of truth to what his character had become in that moment. And um, plus, you get the the they gave him the little the two sons, the two sons. Sure,
0: I did two. like that. I thought that was right? a nice touch. Like
1: it's like the Force saying, "Hey, you did good."
0: Yeah, I oh, like that last
1: touch. move. Last move, yeah.
0: So I think, I mean, we've talked about a lot and I try to keep it to an hour because I don't want people to like, zone off they might have i don't know (laughs) but there's like so much more i want to talk about there's a lot more we have have to end here because it's it's not going to be a two-hour podcast as much as i would love it to
1: okay
0: um so maybe you can come back on we can talk about the characters i did want to go more into like each of the characters and their motivations Um, i would this was
1: so fun i would do this anytime this is my first podcast
0: oh well congrats do you have anything you want to talk about or promote or send people to well so your
1: your last guest had like books and like well, he's working on a book Promoting. i don't i don't social media so you're like, just hanging out talking I'm just, about star I'm wars just, i'm just hanging out so i actually i did have i had a question i had i had a um what i was hoping to instead of a plug i would love to ask um loved i i um pulled some of our old friends
0: oh our, okay our mutual
1: friends about oh, dear. what oh. would what would you ask kiri right oh. on a podcast? And That's not
0: no. I'm the host. I'm not. Yes, I know. But questioned. so I'm introducing,
1: I'm introducing a new a new um segment of your show called Kiri's uh, oh, no. Queries, Queries, or <laughs> Queries for Kiri. I'll let you work that out. But <laughs> so I have I have just two, just two. Okay. 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 The first is uh okay. Our friend Ben mm-hmm. wants to know, other than toxic fandom, other than that, what do you feel has hurt the franchise the most?
0: ryan johnson no
1: <laughs> i walked right into that one yeah okay all right solid, solid.
0: rogue one you know, you know
1: you know that he may still come back with the trilogy series right
0: yeah that's kind of died out i haven't heard much about it
1: it was in variety today
0: they keep saying he's coming back but i haven't really heard we'll kathleen see. kennedy be we'll like see. yeah
1: all right we'll see i have one more and uh this one this one is okay so on your podcast you talked about how your I mean your the last episode you talked about how Luke was like a model of like a role yeah. model almost right? Yeah. So yeah. So now that he's out, shall we say as as that, is there a character in in Star Wars or not, you know, in anything that you look to in the same sort of lens? Like in that mm. same like what would this person this character do?
0: Probably Grogu?
1: Gro- oh yeah? No, <laughs> just put a
0: Dumbledore here. Yeah, you definitely had Dumbledore? Okay, I would say uh, the one that has like a lot of influence on me. Yeah. Are actually Qui Gon Jinn and Ray. Do go on. I love Qui Gon Jinn. This is actually going to be my next audio blog, just a little bit talking about him. Um, I like that he's a Jedi, that he follows away the, the Force, but he kind of deviates. He's a little bit of a like, I'm not going to be on the council because I don't agree with everything. And I wonder if Anakin's life would have shaped up a lot differently had Qui-Gon remained his master. And I kind of stand by that. I'll I'll go into that more later. I like Rey because I think she's a good example that movies needed to show of a quote unquote strong female protagonist um, without trying too hard. I think a lot of like in the, the era that, 2000 to maybe even like 2017, um, after the Hunger Games, there was a lot of like, oh, we need to make strong female protagonists because wait a minute, they can actually lead a movie. Who knew? Okay, people still go see those movies. And they tried too hard. And I thought a lot of these characters and Jin and Rogue One is a good example. And the whole reason I don't like Rogue One is actually because of Jin. And I think that they tried too hard and they didn't give these characters personality, they didn't give them any like meat to them. And I thought Ray over, even in The Rise of Skywalker, which I probably should rewatch. But The Last Jedi, I loved the way Ryan Johnson handled her. I thought he he stayed true to her character. Um, and I liked the way J.J. J. Abrams introduced her. And one of the ways she influenced me, just like Luke influenced me when I was younger, to be a better person, to rise above, to have more patience, and to try to emulate a Jedi. And I liked his struggles and the way he worked through it. Ray inspired me to not be so reliant on other people and to be like, I can do this by myself. I don't need <laughs> silly things, right? Like, I mean, when it came out, I was already married, but I had gotten into the habit of being like, oh, Mike, can you do that? Not because I couldn't, but because I was just like lazy. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, And and she always stops at me to be like, wait, do I, can I figure this out myself? Can I do this myself? Do I need someone's help in this? No, I can figure this out myself. And like, I think throughout the whole trilogy, the Skywalker trilogy of them, the sequel trilogy, you see her continuously trying to figure things out for herself without needing another person's opinion, not being directed by another person's opinion. She'll ask for it when she wants it, but she'll only do it if she wants it. And so I would say Rey and Qui-Gon are probably the most influential on me um, other than Luke.
1: Nice. Wow, that's fantastic. And this was Queries for Kiri.
0: Yeah, well, thank you. I was a little thrown off. I did not realize that we were going to have that at the end, but I kind of like
1: it. Well, like, you know, I, I like to keep it fresh for you. Okay. I keep
0: meaning to like, I'm going to add on my blog, like a section of people who like, for people who want to apply and be guests. And I, maybe I'll do a queries for Geary section. Oh
1: my God. Can you also set criteria though? Not even for, should,
0: for guests. Like, no, like there how you're going to screen that. There is going to be a screening. Like, so I have someone else talking to me who wants to do a guest um, appearance and it's fine. I just need you to, you can't just say, Hey, I want to be on the show. You need to like have a good, like when Michael Miller sent me all those points about the religion, mythology, and all that, it was like, you need to have a good thing that I can bounce off of. We're not just going to jump in and be like, oh, let's talk about Star Wars. There has to be like a set. You know, yes, it's not, it's, there's going to be screening, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I knew you'd
1: have like a great answer for that. It's like, <laughs> what are, what are your standards then for that? Cause I don't know, I would have met them, but that's fine. <laughs> I, got, different, I got it. I got, by, got it in on the, the high school, like, you know, OG. you're different. I know yeah. I
0: know you, you. So it's a little easier. It's um Okay, we're good. We didn't talk about thalassirons, but that's okay. We're about all good. sirens, the milking of the, 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 those are called thalassirons. But... I grew up
1: on blue milk. What else do you drink?
0: <laughs> okay, we gotta go. We're done. Okay. I don't want to torture anyone else. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye.